tough day in the grain markets. SRW got back to the plus side of unchanged, but the rest of the grain and oilseed markets were under pressure and making new lows. Livestock futures were narrowly mixed, and cotton futures posted another impressive rally to get back a chunk of yesterday's losses. Live from the Hump Day Lookout Tower via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we feature a chat with Darren Hudson from Texas Tech University and directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. It's one of those guests today Mm -hmm. that I've been wanting to get on for a while, but because of travel, because Uh of this, because of that, it's been kind of difficult to get our schedules lined up Mm -hmm. we finally got there excellent We finally got there darren hudson down at texas tech the guy does a great job on um well on on several economic conditions Uh and and analysis Uh uh but when it comes to taking a look at what's going on in the cotton market i really like the work that darren is doing down there so we are going to spend some time on that. Uh, if you have not looked at what is going on in the cotton market, you should maybe get someplace and take a look at a chart before the conversation starts. Okay. 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 I'm on it. And and um, the reason that I say that is because we we look at what's going on in the grains. We look at what's happening in you know most of the the commodity markets and my goodness we it, it it's hard to imagine that we've got an ag commodity that has performed as well as it has as mm-hmm. cotton has mm-hmm. over the past what six eight weeks yeah yeah uh but then you take a look at things like sugar and cocoa okay the soft commodities have been performing very well cocoa mm-hmm has gone berserk. So we'll find out how much of a spillover effect there might have been from uh, from the soft commodity rally and uh, uh, dig into this a little bit. See if Cotton's trying to buy some acres, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good question. Look, get- at your, look at your front coffee, up $6.75 today. That's yeah. crazy. That's, that's the March. I don't know if there's some – it can't be in delivery, can it? I, I uh, it's getting close. Is it okay? It's getting, well, never getting mind close, but so are all, all March commodities are obviously getting close to delivery. So uh, March is still uh, legit. So all right, all right. <laughs> yep, yep. All right, let's get to the news. What do you got, man? Well, it was a defensive day in the grain markets, including a mostly lower day in wheat futures. Hard red winter wheat futures led the way to the downside, but it was mostly a go nowhere day on the charts. March HRW futures posted an inside trading day with a high range open and a low range close. March soft red winter wheat futures also posted an inside trading day, but posted a high range open and a close just above the opening range to turn momentum back to the upside late in the session. Traders are taking note of intensified farmer protests against the flow of Ukrainian grain into neighboring countries. Polish farmers even dumped Ukrainian grain from rail cars chip. March HRW wheat futures eight and one half cents lower, five seventy seven and one quarter. March SRW wheat up a half penny, five eighty three and one quarter. March spring wheat closed at six fifty nine and one quarter, down six and one quarter cents. Chip. Yeah, the markets have really diverged here, and and mm. uh, 
not moving in in opposite directions, but HRW market has taken the leadership to the downside. Heavy selling continued in the corn market with another round of new contract lows. March corn fell to test psychological support at 410, and the support held chip for now. The corn market has been slicing through traditional support levels with little difficulty. Bears are targeting the $4 level in March corn before it hits the delivery period. March corn today posted a high-range open and a low-range close. Argentina's weather forecast includes a good mix of rain and sunshine for the next two weeks, and that's expected to help maintain favorable conditions. March corn futures seven and three quarter cents lower today, four eleven. May corn down eight and one quarter, four twenty-four and one quarter. July corn futures closed at four thirty-five and three quarters. That's down seven and a half, Chip. Yep, still searching, still searching for that item or issue that is going to get the the the, the funds to stop selling. Mm. They are still selling in this market i've not seen a lot of short covering take place yet well chip march soybean futures opened on session highs and closed near session lows and at a new for the move low settlement brazilian consulting firm agro consult is in the middle of its annual crop tour and has cut its brazilian bean crop estimate by 1.6 million metric tons to 152.2 million the tour has confirmed yield damage but not as significant as some had reported Soybean meal and soybean oil futures were lower today, and that dragged soybean prices lower throughout the session. March beans, 18 and one quarter cents lower, all told, 1160 and three quarters. May beans down 18 and a half, 1165. July closed at 1174. That's down 18, Chip. All right. That crop tour that they're running down there? Yeah. They're on day 33. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. No? Not interested? No. I'm sorry. All right. Um, but they're they're also a smaller group. They cover a lot of ground, a lot of ground. But uh, they're on day thirty three, and they're about sixty percent done at this point. So wow. they're taking wow. a look at a lot of the crop. Well, March cotton was one hundred forty one points higher, ninety two sixty. Quickly on your livestock's April fats thirty seven and one half higher, one eighty seven seventy. Uh, June futures up thirty five cents to one eighty three thirty, and March feeders two and a half cents lower. 251.35. Snout side, April hogs, 30 cents higher, 85.97 and a half. June, down 20 cents, 97.97 and one half. All right. Thank you, Davis. Let's bring in Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. Bubba, this is feeling like the beatings are going to continue until morale improves. This is a very depressing market right now, Chip. They're just, they're, there is no buyers to be found anywhere. Every time they try to rally, you look at wheat yesterday, it looks like it might find some traction, and bang, they slam it down again. I don't know. Listen, there's a lot of problems. you got higher interest rates coming, which is not good for farmers. you got uh, higher oil again. you got all the inputs are going higher. Are these guys going to actually plant when it comes time? I yeah. mean, how are they going to afford? That's what I want to know. Yeah, they, they, they'll do it, but, boy, they're starting to look a little closer at the ledger, figure out exactly what they're going to do. Well, the cost of money is going to be so high this year because there's going to be no rate cuts. There's going to be rate hikes. And considering that farmers already pay two to three points over everybody else because of its risk capital, where are they going to go? Again, I can see, you know, I've heard there's been some offers for, for solar acreage, right? I yeah. mean, some guys may choose to give it up. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very scary situation. If you look at the overall economy, and, and let alone cattle continues to go higher. Who's buying that? Uh, it's just, it's, nothing makes sense right now. Okay. 
All right, talk to me about equities real quick. How are you feeling there? I think they, I, I think they saw a near-term top. I don't know what's going to happen later because it is an election year. But I think we saw a lower high, which is a near-term top. I think they'll, they'll be under some pressure for a little while. I don't think this is the big move going down, but I think we'll see some lower prices for a while. All right. All right. Good stuff, Bubba. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next week. I wish I had better stuff. I'll talk to you later. You bet. You bet. Todd Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. Okay. Uh, 141 points higher in the cotton market today with pressure on the the rest of the, the ag commodities, livestock, not so much included in that. But the grain markets were under pressure. Why? What's going on in that cotton market? We'll find out from Darren Hudson, Texas Tech, next. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? A lot of rumors flying around yesterday, Chip. There People was? were saying you had joined the Astronaut Academy. There were others who believed you were in space. There was some some tale about a puppy stuck in a well. You know, I don't know yeah. what happened. And You know, if, if, if you're not comfortable telling us, you don't have to. We're just so doggone glad to have you back. I'll just well, leave it at that. Just yeah. whatever you were doing, I'm sure it was wildly heroic and something that you were too humble to talk about. So just we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm back <laughs> as well because I am feeling a whole lot better than what I was on Monday and uh and yesterday. So Terrific. Terrific. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it uh that that one swept in and hit me hard. Mm-hmm. Something that I must have picked up uh, you know on I I'm guessing on the way back from Back up uh, out of the well, you're saying? You picked yeah. up Yes. Right, right. Yes. Right. Yes. On the way back from from uh, Louisville and the National oh, Farm Machinery Show. That makes more sense, so, actually. As long as I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as you didn't get it. Well, were you with me at that uh, that uh, uh, you know that wonderful place that people in Chicago love to call O'Hare? Yeah, nope. I, I, I Midway. Just, I just it just uh, wow. Every time I travel through there, it seems like something good does mm. not happen. So mm-hmm. anyway, all right, we're back at it. That's the good news. Yes. The other good news is that we've got Darren Hudson with us. Darren is the Combest Endowed Chair of Agricultural Competitiveness, the Director of the International Center for Agricultural Competitiveness at uh, Texas Tech University. And Darren joins us right now. It's great to talk with you again, Darren. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to glad you're back on the mend. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, not as glad as I am. I'll, I'll guarantee that. <laughs> oh boy! So take us back to the beginning of this thing, Darren. When the rally in cotton started, what got it started? What kept it going? <laughs> you know, um, I, there's uh, what what uh, what did Greenspan call it? Irrational exuberance. Um, yes. 
Yeah. So, you know, there's a number of factors. I mean, I think one of the things is, uh, you know, USDA always trends to the right answer. Um, it starts with the wrong answer and, and trends in the right direction. Uh, and one of the things that was happening through the year uh, was, you know, the crop kept getting smaller and exports kept getting bigger. Um, and so as, as we moved out, people started to realize, you know what, we, we, uh, we're going to run out of cotton. And, um, you know, that, and so the, the old crop, you know, contracts uh, really, you know, rallied pretty quickly uh, over a relatively short span as that data, you know, started flowing into the market. And of course, it's been dragging, you know, new crop uh, December 24 along with it. So, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, it's a supply demand story uh, to a large extent, but I think it's it's one where, um, you know, the, the, the global demand situation probably wasn't fully realized, uh, at least earlier in the crop. Okay. So you said the crop kept getting smaller. Why? Yield? Acres? Yeah. What was it? Both, um, you know, the, the abandonment was pretty high in West Texas is, you know, uh, you know, we, we started out great. Uh, and then as we moved through the summer, um, you know, it got hot, dry. Um, so, you know, there was a crop still out there, but then, you know, it was too late to, to fail crop and, and, you know, follow up with a sorghum or something else. So farmers kind of let it set for a while. Uh, hoping for that rain, and then you know, started failing acres later in the season. And so as that started getting picked up in the surveys and then the bowl counts and then the actual field surveys that NASA was doing, you know, that crop just kind of kept shrinking. Yeah. Uh, and once we kind of got to 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 harvest or, or post-harvest, you know, late December, um, you know, the, people started looking at the yield numbers and the yield wasn't as high as people had kind of thought about. Even with the reduced acres, people were still hoping that yield was going to be a little higher. Um, it, it, you know, as we looked at the ginning reports as they were, you know, flowing through the winter, uh, it just became apparent that, uh, you know, we, we were completing the ginnings and we weren't going to hit, you know, those anticipated numbers. So it, it really, uh, it really started to put a crimp on it. And about the same time, you know, uh, the Chinese entered the market and, you know, started buying cotton and other people started mm -hmm. buying cotton and we were shipping faster or selling faster than USDA had forecast. So they started bumping up export numbers. Okay. All right. I want to talk more about that in a moment here, but I want to remind everyone that it, it was about a year ago. I'm it, it had to be because it was, it was in front of the prospective plantings report that you were on and you were, you are the one that I remember most specifically saying, hey, watch these cotton planting, guys. Uh, it, we we might not get to 10 million is right. what I remember you saying a year ago. We got to 10 million, but just barely a year just ago. Just barely. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, it just uh, was it, kind of astonishing. And as a reminder to everybody, we were at 13.75 million in 2022 uh what what got us that low just price and lack of incentive yeah uh it, it just the, the incentive shifted uh back in favor of grains uh at that time and it just it, it the cost you know where we're setting in an in insurance price uh wasn't going to cover cost of production in a lot of areas Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot, I, you know, just a lot of producers were backing away from that cotton crop 
much more so than USDA had, you know, in its initial forecasts. And I, I just couldn't see it. I mean, we ended at 10.2, which is, you know, pretty close. I, you know, I would have said anywhere from 9.9 to 10.2. So, you know, it was on the high end of my range, but yep. it, it certainly was well below what USDA was forecasting at that point. Yeah, certainly was, certainly is. Okay. So tell me about this demand story now that we've got. Yeah, it well, you know, there's two things. Uh, I mean, the the pipeline, you know, if you think about the pipeline, is is in two parts. It's the raw cotton part, and then the yarn part. Right. Um, there's not a lot of yarn stock sitting around the world. Um, if you look at where we're at, so, you know, the Chinese, as they as they've come back online, you know, Southwest Asia. Uh, you know, pretty strong demand, Turkey, you know, some of those places like that, they're trying to build some of that inventory in because they don't want to get caught if, you know, if we sort of enter a phase where apparel and textile demand picks back up. Uh, and so there's been a lot of cotton buying, though the yarn, you know, we haven't seen the rally in the yarn market yet, which is is a mm -hmm. bit troubling. But you know, if that comes, that's a pretty good signal that the whole pipeline's empty. But right now right. they're backfilling, trying to get ready to build some inventory uh, in yarns just in case. So that's that's really the demand story we're seeing at the moment. Okay. Overall, cotton demand around the world, how would you grade it? You know, it's it it, it, it could be worse. Um, it could be a lot better, uh, yeah. but it, it could be worse. Um, you know, the U.S. and Europe have sort of plotted along, even in the face of inflation, of, you know, reasonable demand for apparel uh, and textiles. And, um, you know, but, but a lot of the developing world had kind of fallen off. That's picking back up a bit now. And so what we're seeing is the Indias, the Pakistans, you know, some of those places uh, are starting to see a bit more um, consumer demand on, on the back end. So that's that's bolstering some confidence in terms of where people think the you know the market might be headed over the next year, two years. Uh, and you know right now that's being reflected in in prices, you know, more or less trying to buy acres if you want to call it that, but certainly the rally is reflecting, uh, a relative scarcity in the market in spite of what WASDI and others have talked about in terms of global inventories. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look at the balance sheet from USDA, I see some confusing thoughts in here. Okay. Two mm -hmm. years ago, 2021-22, ending stocks of 4.05, uh, an average price of 91.4 cents. 2022-23, up to 4.25 million bales. Price fell down to 84.8 cents. Here we are, the February WASD, we're looking at a carryover projection at 280, or excuse me, 2.8 million bales, and a price down almost 8 cents from yep. where we were a year ago at 77 cents. It doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? No, <laughs> no. Market trying to correct that? At, yeah, I think the market is in the process of trying to correct it. I mean, I think if you know, if cash tenders follow the the old crop, you know, into May or July, we we've got to end up somewhere around eighty cents uh, in, in the season average price. But at that tail end, we're probably going to be at the ninety cent 
on you know current offers in in the market. So, you know, it the the, the market is kind of reflecting that. Um, and again, that's where I kind of indicated that, you know, the 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 WASD, uh, yeah. the WASD sort of reflected that, but it didn't get us to the point where the price followed along with it in the report. Right. Right. Okay. All right. We're in the middle of a conversation with Darren Hudson from Texas Tech talking cotton. We're going to take take a look forward when we come back here on AgriTalk. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes where March hard red winter wheat futures were eight and one half cents lower, five seventy-seven and one quarter. March SRW wheat up a whole half penny to five eighty-three and one quarter. March corn futures were seven and three quarters lower, four eleven. May corn down eight and one quarter to four twenty-four and one quarter. March soybean futures, 18 and one quarter cents lower today, 11.60 and three quarters. May beans down 18 and a half, 11.65. Here's March cotton, 141 points higher at 92.60. On the livestock side, April fat cattle were 37 and one half cents higher at 187.70. March feeder futures, two and a half cents lower, 251.35. And April lean hog futures, 30 cents higher at 85.97 and one half. Hey, Get more market news every market day. Visit TryProFarmer.com. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Jeff Flory. We are in the middle of a conversation with Darren Hudson from Texas Tech, talking about what's going on in the cotton market. Uh, Darren, a little bit ago, we talked about, okay, about a year ago right now, we were looking for or anticipating, we, you, were anticipating uh, that cotton acreage, planted acres, to be around $10 million. We, at the time, we talked about, okay, well, that's going to free some acres up to go to another crop. Where did those acres go? Was it sorghum? Was it soybeans, corn? What happened? I, I, you know, I think it was a mix. It would depend on where you were in the country. Uh, you know, extreme southeast, you know, probably picked up some peanuts. Um, but but in the, in the Delta region, it was it was primarily corn and soybeans. And out here in West Texas, it was primarily uh, grain sorghum. Okay. Um, so it's a bit of a mix across those, but but all of it, with the exception of peanuts, was driven by grain relative to, um, you know, cotton prices at the moment when they were yeah. making that decision. Right. Okay. So December, the new crop contract, mm-hmm. lagging behind what has happened in the old crop contracts. You got the March at ninety two sixty. The D's 24 at 83.37 today on the close. I, it, it, that doesn't feel like much of an effort 
by the cotton market to buy acres. No, <laughs> no. It, it, you know, and I had this question uh, a few days ago. Somebody said, why, why the, the gap? And, uh, and I said, it's a, it's a thing called Brazil. Uh, and so, you know, Brazil's between us and, and Harvest, um, you know, the December contract. And, you know, f by all estimates at this point, Brazil's going to have a pretty big crop. And so I don't I think the market sitting there looking at it, kind of trying to feel its way through what Brazil will likely end up being relative to what, you know, the offtake will be between now and, and December. And so they're they're a little less bullish on on where they think the the demand in the in the new crop will be relative to supply, um, and so they're 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 hedging a bit here uh, in the sense that they're they need the cotton today, uh, but they're not real sure they need as much or 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 more tomorrow. And of course, a lot of that we it's like I, I said you, we we could have 10.2 million acres planted and have an abandonment like we did last year and be short. We could have 10.2 million planted this year and have a relatively low abandonment and have an additional three and a half, four million bales. Right. So, um, you know, the, the the extreme weather uncertainty because Texas is such a big portion of the overall U.S. crop, um, you know, they, they they don't want to get out ahead of their skis and have too many acres and then have a, a decently wet summer and have a you know a monster crop that they have to deal with. Right. Right. What are your thoughts on acres for? Uh... For 24 cotton well you know usda is still setting up around 11 million acres mm -hmm. um the 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 cotton grower magazine survey in january was at 10.2 okay. um, the national cotton council a week ago was at 9.8 uh and i don't that's think usually a pretty good survey isn't it? it 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 is but you have to remember when it was taken so when it was taken, you know, cotton, uh, December cotton was probably 78 to, you know, to 80 cents. Okay. And now we're 83, 84 cents and grains haven't helped themselves much no. <laughs> in this process. So I don't think the 9.8, but, but I wouldn't be shocked with the 10.2 to 10.5 um, in, in terms of planted acres. I think we're going to pick up more than what the cotton council uh, estimate is. But I don't think we're going to go to where USDA is. I just, I just don't see the acres and, and even at eighty-three cents, you have to remember, you know, uh, total cost of production average across the U.S. at this point is about seventy-eight to eighty-one cents. So, you know, even at eighty-two, eighty-three cent futures, it's, it's still not a real, you know, uh, financially viable crop. Though it's probably better than grains for a lot of places yeah. in the cotton belt. Yeah, might be better than raising corn. Yes. <laughs> Corn is not buying acres. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I think Corn's doing what it can to kick, push, and shove acres away. That's yeah, what so. it feels like right now. I think so. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, okay. What the, the, the soft commodities, cocoa, sugar, cotton, mm -hmm. lumber, uh, they, uh, Cocoa in particular has had a spectacular run. Mm -hmm. What what's been going on there, and what kind of an influence has that had on cotton trade? Well, you know, and it it, it has some, you know, and I think part of it goes back to the old, you know, just good old fashioned algorithmic trading. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think a lot of those algorithms sort of think 
you know, softs, grains, livestock, you know, treasuries, right? In those broad categories. And as they're moving money around, you know, if they're if they're if they're reallocating to softs, then you know, cotton is going to benefit. And and maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a buy signal, a strong buy signal in in cocoa or or sugar or something. And and it pushes money in that direction and it flows out to all the softs. I, right. you know, honestly, I can't tell you, it just, and a, a part of it, I think is it, it, what I all call the herd, you know, yeah. you know, that irrational exuberance that, oh, you know, softs are moving. And then that causes a bunch of people to start pushing money over to the softs. And, and it just carries through a lot of them where it doesn't necessarily make sense. I, I mean, I think the, the rally we've seen in old crop cotton makes sense from a supply demand perspective. Uh, but it, it's also back in, you know, I think it, it just falls back into that soft category that people move that money over and, and it just flows out into the different uh, into the different softs, uh, you know, based on some ratio that they've got in in a model. Yeah. OK. Uh, back on that cotton balance sheet, just how tight is two point eight million bales? It That's tight. Right. I mean, you know, you drop below three million bales. Uh, I mean, you're you're down into um, you, you're you're below what you would call operational stocks. So stocks you just need that, that you know, in the difference between what sale sold, what shipped, you know, all those different things. You get down to that two million bales. It means most of that stuff is already sold. It just hasn't shipped yet. Uh, and so you, you, it it's an extremely tight balance sheet. Uh, you know, from the U.S. perspective, um, you know, we 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 Trisha, you, you pointed out. I mean, the the USDA price doesn't seem to be in balance with right. that level of stocks. But I think we're going to catch up with the you know these this old crop cotton before we end the marketing year. You know, we're we're going to accelerate that price much higher than that seventy seven cents, and uh, and that will reflect that that tight balance sheet. But we're going into a crop year. Um, with, with a, a lot less cotton than we normally carry over. Well, creates a lot of vulnerability for the season ahead, doesn't it? It, yeah, it does. And I, you know, this is where I think, you know, even on the new crop, people are getting a bit nervous. I mean, the, the, the volatility we've seen in the last couple of days is indicative of, you know, they're, yeah. they're trying to figure out where that needs to be to try to get the right number of acres, but also, you know, We've got to get some resolution on whether we're El Nino, La Nina, neutral. What are, what are we going to be uh, in terms of that weather pattern on the high plains of Texas? Because uh, that, you know, you can have a three or four million bell swing real quick um, with, with just, you know, minor changes in, in what that rainfall looks like. Okay. All right. What else is happening down there in West Texas we need to know about? Well, I don't know. We got a decent basketball team, but the Big Twelve is a is a nasty is a nasty conference for basketball this year. Uh, it certainly is. My Cyclones yeah. are uh, uh, doing pretty good in it as well. Oh yeah, that you know Iowa State looks great. Uh, Houston looks very formidable. Kansas looks yeah. vulnerable. Um, yeah. You know, and so it, you know it's it's good to see the Iowa States and the Texas Techs up there in the top yeah. of the Big Twelve in basketball. I'm, uh, a little know, change in scenery is not too bad, is it? It is not bad, and I, you know, we're we're happy to be there, and you know we're we're happy our Iowa State uh, brothers and sisters are right along uh, in it because uh, yeah. 
you know, it, nothing makes me happier than not seeing UT or OU at the top of something. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we we went down to Austin and and uh, made me wish that they were going to be around for a little bit longer. Got the W down there. Yeah, you know, I, I, if they're going to hang around and let us beat up on them, that's fine. I, yeah. I'm happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. All right, yep. man. Um, we we've only got about a minute left. Yep. Take I, take me take me through the next thirty days. What are you watching most closely in cotton? Well, in, in cotton, what I'm watching is what what the rainfall projections are going to look like. We we've had a good wet winter. Um, you know, we we've got some subsoil moisture, so we can start a crop. But what we need is that May rain. Uh, you know, in in whether or not it looks like we're going to get it. And I'm also looking, you know, the Chinese just rolled out a Chinese New Year. Um, so I'm going to be really interested to see what their, you know, what the export sales look like to China, you know, over the next month, um, okay. because that will tell the tale of whether or not we're going to run out of cotton or not. Uh, and I think those two variables are probably the big ones, you know, right okay. now uh, and in driving that cotton market, um, you know, on the flip side in the West Texas, you know, area is, um, you know, if you've got cows, you can sell a lot of beef for a lot of money, uh, yeah. but we just don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of cattle around. So yeah. um, that's a fun market to watch too uh, in yeah. our part of the world. Yep, no doubt. Sounds like uh, the cotton market's going to be vulnerable to any export sales that do come along. Going to be watching that very closely. Absolutely. All right, See buddy. All right, Darren, good stuff. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Chip. Appreciate it. You bet. Darren Hudson, Texas Tech University. Okay. Uh, that uh, wraps up the conversation on cotton, but we've got a few more thoughts on it because it will have an impact on plantings, corn, soybeans, grains. At United Animal Health, we all share a love for animals. We have devoted our lives to agriculture and to the well-being and productivity of animals. With our guiding principle to always have the best answer, we listen to the animal and let the animal tell us what works and what doesn't. We know that if the animal is healthy and productive, so is the producer, the consumer, and our communities. Learn more at unitedanh.com. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. And welcome back to Agritalk, everyone. Your pal, Davis Michelson, here with Chip Flory. Yo. Great conversation with uh, Darren Hudson, uh, Texas Tech. Um, (laughs) Let's go back to Bubba for just a minute. Okay, Uh, okay. Very depressing market. No one is interested in buying the grains. Nothing makes sense right now. Right. Yow. Now, the the term irrational exuberance came up quite a bit. <laughs> and I just wonder, what's the opposite of irrational exuberance? I would say irrational melancholy, perhaps. Well, uh, perhaps. Or perhaps excessive melancholy. Yeah, uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, depression. Yep. Yeah, that that fit in there, too. Yeah, Bubba did not sound enthused uh, about uh, taking on... You know the typical role well, that he does yeah. in in the markets in the he ag didn't even, markets. 
Didn't even mention the blue side, baby. Right. I'm on the blue right. side, baby. You know right. me. No, you know, that guy's that's, gone. That's where he is. He, it may not be for a long, for for a position that he holds for a long period of time. Right. You know, he could be into a long in the morning and out by the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Into a long in the morning, out by the afternoon. Might do that. But it's those kinds of traders that are not participating in this market, in in this grain market, uh-huh. corn market in particular. Mm-hmm. So when there's nobody that steps in to buy a dip on a on, on a daily basis, now they did yesterday. There was a bit of some short covering, but when 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 we're lacking that willing participant on the long side of the market. Davis, it's just, it's left to the sellers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way soybeans and corn felt today. Now, beans, you look at the chart and it's not nearly as 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 what uh, corn is. Because beans at least had an inside trading day. Mm -hmm. But dang. Uh, corn down there making new lows. Four ten, yeah. Had a had a low in March corn of four ten today. Mm-hmm. And we've we've sort of I've been watching um, support levels just get keep getting knocked out. Um, yeah. I was talking about it yesterday with with Mark Holbrock. We Holbrock. I have a hard time saying Holbrock for some reason. Yeah. I can't just say it. Uh, you know, last week we saw we hit a level, dipped below, closed above it the following day, and then we we're sort of making this pattern. To where we dip below support and then back up above it, and then well now 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 we're going to test yeah. new support yeah. and see where we go from there. I I I don't like the setup in, in the corn at all. Yeah, no, it's it it is uh, testing and breaking, testing and breaking. Exactly, and uh, that is a a well established pattern in here right now. Mm-hmm. And you know you might as well get through four ten because it looks like it's going to happen. Yeah. So you might as well get through it and let's see what four dollars does. Um, and and you know honestly, sooner the better. Let's do mm-hmm. it before we get to delivery, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I was talking with Brian Grady this morning on Markets Now, bottom of the hour on this morning. I said, "Has it happened? It, you know, have we seen a give up trade, a a capitulation in the market?" And he says, no, that usually happens, you know, with a big move. And he's absolutely right. He's That, that is absolutely right. It's usually, you know, maybe you get a 20-cent trading range. Uh, you open near the high. You run it all the way down. And you bring it all the way back and maybe even close a little bit higher on the day. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of a, okay, we've exhausted the selling. The selling is gone. Uh, we have not seen that. That has not happened. You know what else? Um, and this maybe gets us into an acreage conversation here. You know what else I haven't heard anybody talk about is the potential for pre- prevent plant acres. Mm-hmm. Usually there's a whole thing, well, we got to figure in. there, And even just sort of looking out at, at the weather forecast, just everything looking out ahead. Easter is early this year was pointed out to me yesterday. You know, it just... There isn't a whole lot that's levering toward corn acres if you've got if you have an option. It seems like, right. and well, you said it. Corn is. I think you said it. Corn is not buying acres away from cotton. No, not like this. 
not like this. Corn isn't buying acres away from anybody or from any of the markets right now. But, but, we, we had a farmer forum this morning. Dennis Bogards from Iowa, Kevin Papp from Minnesota. They both are talking early field work. Mm-hmm. If we get started in the field early and corn is going in the ground, you know, I I doubt that we could get all the way down to 92 million acres. It, you know, then I'd start thinking 92 and a half. Uh-huh. The early start, if everything is good to go and clear, corn is still going to corn's still going to be the choice. Mm-hmm. That's that's just that's well, that's the way it is. And yeah. uh and you know what? I'm not saying that that won't change someday. And I believe that it probably will. But it hasn't. So until it changes once, I, you got to stick with that line that an early season would mean a tendency to lean up on corn acres. Ugh. See, that feels like a little irrational exuberance right there. If growers are a little bit too exuberant to get out there early. Yeah. Well, hmm. I mean, it, it's not... Maybe it's rational exuberance. <laughs> yeah, hey, February 27th through March 2nd in the 6 to 10 day outlook. Ooh, yeah. Look out up there in Alaska. <laughs> it's going to be chilly. Put away the it's Speedos game. Chilly. Next week, That's maybe. right. But in the middle of the country and across the Corn Belt, we are looking at above normal temperatures expected right through the end of February, right on through leap day. And into the early part of March, above normal precipitation, expected Minnesota, eastern Iowa, eastern Missouri, and points to the east. North Dakota's in on that as well. The Real quick, on the 8 to 14 day, the above normal temperatures stick around across the entire Corn Belt. Hey, thanks for listening today. Tomorrow here on AgriTalk, Ethan Lane from NCBA. Troy Bredenkamp from the RFA.